Hey, everybody. I brought way more energy than y'all. What's up with that? Hey, y'all. That's so much better. Do you see how it just feels better? I mean, like, oh my goodness. Hey, if it's your first time here today, I am so glad that you're here. My name is Craig, and my wife Patty and I get to pastor this amazing church, and uh, we are just honored that you guys are here. Thanks for coming. Thanks for trusting in us enough to invite your friends with you. Thanks. That, that means a lot. You guys are awesome. Um, so with that being said, like Carson said, this week kicks off Servolution. You got one of these in your worship guide, if you don't know what it is, it's called paper, okay? And on the paper are all the events for Servolution. And you guys have been doing a great job. We are going for 100% participation because I think it's just fantastic. Some of these events are already closed because so many people have signed up for them. So get in there and sign up. If you haven't already signed up, just scan the QR code. Hit the Quan. Wait, no, hit the Q. No, that's to- those are all different. Scan that QR code, and uh, that'll take you there. And then that leads us right up to Easter. And if next Sunday is Easter with three services, it always cracks me up. People are like, I didn't know we were doing three services. We have only been saying it for several weeks, repeating ourselves. So how many services do we have? Three. three. And the times are? Nine. 11.30. Good job. Good job. So I will see you all next Sunday, two Sundays, uh, no, next Sunday in the third service. But if next Sunday is Easter, that means today is Palm Sunday. Okay? So Palm Sunday, if you're not familiar with the Bible or church world, Palm Sunday is the day that's recorded in the Gospels where Jesus rode a colt into Jerusalem. And it was like a really big deal. It was like this party parade. People were shouting good things, you know, Hosanna, Hosanna, and they were waving palm branches. That's why we call it Palm Sunday. They were waving palm branches, and they were all excited. And by far, this was like one of the, figuratively speaking, one of the mountaintop experiences for Jesus. You know, like that moment where you're, I mean, when you're being escorted into a city in a parade, and they're they're all shouting for you, come on, that's a pretty big moment, right? Come on, it was like a, and you got, okay, you know what those mountaintop experiences are like in your life. Those, those moments where everything goes right and everybody knows you're winning. Like when they look at you, they're like, oh, they're on a mountaintop right there, baby. They're working it. And they got it going on. We know what those feel like. And we love them. We want to stay right there with our hands in the victory V formation and telling everyone, I'm a winner, I'm a winner, I'm a winner. And we say, and that's where I should be, Craig, because I'm not only a Christian, I'm an American. And as an American Christian, I pray every day that as I follow the Lord, that I just skip from mountaintop to mountaintop. I'm living the perpetual dream. I'm living my best life now. And you know, you know what's funny? And so you're, and you're like, with that, you're like, you know, you've even preached it, Pastor Craig. You've preached it, John 10, 10. You said that the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus, he came to give us life and life abundantly. So I should be on a mountaintop all the time. Hey, you know the one place on planet Earth that was not designed to live? It's on a mountaintop. There's less oxygen. There's no gas stations. I mean, it's just like there's nothing up there. And it's, it's a beautiful experience, come on, being on the mountaintop. But you, you can't live there because there's no resources on a mountaintop to supply you to live. But you know what a place is that's full of abundance? 
the valley. Valleys are the most abundant place ever. And it's where we live most of our lives. I mean, come on, depending on how old you are, uh, you might have experienced, if you're like my age, like, you know, I'm, I'm 84 this week, and so if, <laughs> that ain't true, I'm 51. Anyway, if, but if you've lived for a while, you, you realize that you might, maybe, you might have experienced three mountaintop experiences in your life. Just, just nod at me. Maybe, if you're younger, maybe one, maybe two, you know, wherever you are, but most people, you don't, you don't have a lot of mountaintop experiences, but that's the one thing we all want. We all want to just live mountaintop to mountaintop, and Jesus is like, listen, are you following me? What do you do when you're in a valley, and the only reason you're in the valley is because that's where Jesus led you? What do you do when things are falling apart and you feel like nothing's going right? What do you do? And you're like, you want to complain, Jesus, where are you? And he's like, bro, I'm right here. I brought you here. We like the mountaintop experience, and, it's, and mountaintop experiences are great, and they're fine, but they're just that. They are experiences that last a moment in time to give us the right vision and direction for the valley that we're going to live our lives in. Hang in there. I know, this one's going to be fun today, okay? You already feel the weight. He's talking about valleys and living there. I don't like it. I want to be on the mountaintop. I'm going to find another church that only talks about mountaintops. Because we've been sold a bill. Okay, okay, I am a pastor and preacher, and I'm going to be honest with you. For decades, we have sold people a bill of goods. It's almost been like a little bait and switch. Do you guys remember the OxyClean commercials? Anybody? Anybody? Just me? That guy was like on meth the whole time, every commercial, man. He was just like, whoa, right? And you put a little OxyClean in there, and it'll clean everything. And pastors for a long time preaching, you just put a little dab of the blood of Jesus Christ in your life, and he'll cleanse away all the sins, all the transgressions, all the horrible things, and you will live guaranteed from mountaintop to mountaintop every single day. will just be a new sunrise and a new sunset, and you will never suffer. You will never have problems or issues because you got Jesus Christ living inside of you. Liar. <laughs> what do you do when you're in a valley and it's the very valley that Jesus led you to? Now, I know that today closes out our series called Joyride. And I'm starting with valleys, right? Joyride. And we're going through the Psalms with Joyride and looking at different Psalms. And our Psalm today, Psalm 84, talks about this. And so we're going to go through this, this Psalm. And I think it's, it's not written by King David. It's a Psalm that was written by some worship leaders um, back in the day. And so the way they handle this topic, I think, is brilliant and amazing because they help us understand the dichotomy of these two different worlds where the one side, you have an intimate relationship with God like never before. And we would all say, that's a mountaintop, right? If I'm closer to God right now than I've ever been before, that's a mountaintop. But the problem is, even though you're on this, now track with me, even though you're on this spiritual mountaintop, for some reason, we still live in these valleys of life. And this, this psalm, are y'all tracking with me today? This psalm does a beautiful, amazing job of saying, listen, where you're supposed to live is in the most intimate relationship with God, mountaintop experience, while you walk through the valleys of life day after day. Ooh, this is good stuff. You ready? You ready for this? So look at this. This is how he lays it out in this whole, this whole psalm is based around this one verse. 
And I, I just love it the way it is. Um, Psalm 84, 6. This is kind of like the, the pinnacle or the hub of this thing. When they walk through the valley of weeping. And I know I'm just kind of pulling that out in complete sentence, but just track with me here. When they walk through the valley of weeping. And so when I read that, I'm like, okay, okay, hold up, hold up. Who's the they, right, that's going through the valley of weeping? Because I don't want to go. Nobody, nobody, nobody ever says, you know, valley of weeping and tears. Yes, drop me off there. That sounds amazing. All aboard, next bus for the valley of weeping. Who wants to go? No, no, I think I'll, I'll take the next ride. Because I know who's on the train to the valley of weeping. It's those people that deserve it. It's the heathens, the hookers, and the hoes. Oh, no. Right? It's just... The, <laughs> Come on, that was funny. <laughs> if that offended you, we're in a county with so many amazing churches that you can. <laughs> okay, uh, anyway. But we think, uh, but let's be honest, we think, I know some of you are still on the, he said hookers and hoes. Okay, move on, move on. But we think the people that are in the Valley of Tears are the ones that deserve it. And the reason they're hurting and they're struggling is because they've lived a life that was not good enough to be on the mountaintop like I am. Now, that might have never come out of your mouth, but a lot of times it's right here. We see somebody struggling and hurting, and we think to ourselves... They probably deserve it. Too real? And the truth of the matter is, who he lists, he explains. That's part of this whole passage. He explains who the they are. And the they are not the heathens, hookers, and hoes. The, the they are us. People in the house of God who love Jesus, and it's this weird thing where you are on the mountaintop, you are living this intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, and at the same time, walking through some of the most difficult things in life. Look, look at this. You, you ready for this? Okay, so who's the first they? Here's the first they. Who's the valley dwellers? The first one is this. It's worshipers, people who worship God. Psalm 84, two, verse 2, and he starts explaining who the they are. Deep within me are those lovesick longings, desires and daydreams of living in union with you, and that you is God, of course. When I'm near you, my heart and my soul will sing and worship with my joyful songs of you, my true source and spring of life. Come on, you have to admit that that verse right there is all the feels. That, that sounds like it was written by a girl. Don't throw stones, but let's, let's be honest. We, this is the block things you might throw. Um, women are just a little bit better at showcasing their emotions than men. Can we say it, can we say it that way? Is that, is that fair? Come on, nod at me. Just both genders nod at me. Yes, is, but women are just, you showcase it a little bit better than just. Now, I don't think you have... I don't think you have more emotions than men. I really don't. Because I think men, we just really struggle with understanding our emotions and how to 
say those things and do those things. I mean, because we're all human, and so we have that in us. But like girls, if you're going to write a song, like you, you pray in the morning, and you're probably like, Lord, I love you so much, and I just worship you, and my love for you is like a radiant sunshine beam that glistens off the water and makes like the little diamond sparkly things. That's what's in my heart for you. I love you so much. Dudes never pray that way. Dudes would be like, yeah, God, yo, uh, bro, you, yeah, you cool, you cool, you, you like water, I guess, like water, like, like water, if it's a waterfall at a thousand miles an hour going over a cliff crushing my enemies and destroying their lives and leaving their carcasses on the sun-drenched rocks of the stream, yeah, you cool like that. See, it's just totally different, totally different, but either way, okay, either way, we are wired differently, worship is still powerful. Worship still changes your life and your perspective and your view. We are a worshiping church. So if it's your first time coming in here and you experienced worship at the beginning there, um, let, me, let me just tell you something. Hopefully we do that every single Sunday. Why? Because worship changes us on the inside. Worship allows you to live in a valley that nobody else even understands how you can live there. Because when you're in the valley worshiping, you're no longer complaining or just pointing out the things surrounding you, the things you don't like about the valley, right? What are you doing? You're lifting up your hands and you're worshiping and saying, God, even though I'm in this valley, you've taken care of me before. You'll take care of me again and you'll take care of me in the future. And there's nowhere I can go that I can't get away from your love because it's everywhere. And the abundance of the valley, I might not like the valley, but the most abundant place on planet earth is the valley and we worship him in abundance in the valley so here, here's the deal when you come in here and if you've been here for a while you've heard this part several times because it's just who we are worship lift your hands up i don't know if i like that hand raising thing do it anyway what else are you going to do with them while we're singing put them in your pockets hold your phone Put your phone in your pocket, take your hands out of your pockets, and now you feel, I don't know what to do with my hands. Here, here's what you do with your hands. So I just don't know about that. People look at me. Nobody's going to look at you because it ain't all about you. It's all about him. So if anybody's looking at you going, he raised his hands, just punch him. Just hit him. It's a new way to do church. Just hit them like bloody people everywhere. I'm worshiping for Jesus. I love this church. Okay. <laughs> Beating people up is not worship. Okay, so let's, let's get back. But, hey, if nothing else, if you're, let's say your shoulders are broken, okay, and you just can't do that. Hey, the words are on the screen. Sing. Sing. Let your mouth actually make noise. God put air in your lungs, and that air in your lungs now and then needs to be for something besides complaining. He put breath in your lungs. Yes, he's aware of all the stuff that's wrong in the world. But if you just take 20 minutes every Sunday to say, God, no matter what's going on, I lift you up and magnify your name. You are my God and my king, and I want to go everywhere you go. Because my life is only complete when it's in you. You are everything to me. Worship him. I'm telling you, if I, ooh, I'll give you a guarantee. I don't do that very often. I guarantee if you come in here every Sunday and give worship all you got, you sing, you lift up your hands, you clap, hey, I ain't got no rhythm. Katie makes fun of me every single week because I cannot find the beat unless somebody up here is clapping for me. 
That's the only way I can find it. And they're like, the drums. Do you not hear the drums? It's like, I don't know. I hear everything. I just need an example. Anybody else like that lacking rhythm? Like, anybody else going to admit you're super white? That's, that's bottom line. You're super white. Worship. I guarantee that if you'll worship and give it all you got, he'll give you all he's got. And he's got way more than you got. And he'll turn your life around and change your perspective and everything else. Guarantee. All right. So, worshipers. You ready for the next people that are in these valleys? The people who find their strength in God. They find their strength in God. Psalm 84, 5. How enriched are they who find their strength in the Lord. Within their hearts are the highways of holiness. Oh, man, I love that. The highways of holiness. Have you ever prayed something? Or let me say this. Have you ever been going through something and you felt like God was ignoring you? Have you ever been having a hard time with something? You know, it's real. It's like genuine. And you're praying and you're like... I can't hear you if you're talking. Hello, change the channel, my channel. I need to hear you. I, you feel like God's not doing it. Or here's something that I get every, every single Sunday. Every single Sunday. Somebody will come up to me and say, Craig, I love Jesus. You know, I got saved and I experienced God. And, and some of you have said, man, water baptism was the most emotional thing I've ever done. It was just, it was so moving. But what do you do? I don't feel God anymore. I don't, I don't feel him. How do you keep going in your relationship? This is the question I get every Sunday. How do you keep going in your relationship with God if you don't feel like you're in a relationship with God? Well, let me say this. Every morning I wake up and roll over and look at my wife, I don't feel all ooey-gooey in love. Sometimes there ain't no feeling but a deep craving for coffee. That's it. Do you roll over and just crave your wife? No, I crave she go brush her teeth and then I'm going to go get some coffee, right? And I'm the same way. But think about this. We say, I don't feel him anymore. How do I go on? He's, and it says it in this verse, because of the highways of holiness that are in you. Remember several weeks ago we talked about neural pathways? Yes, no? Neural pathways, let me catch you up, are those things in our brain, this is the science side of it, where the more, the more habitual things you do, like brushing your teeth, it just becomes a super highway in your brain that you don't have to think about doing it because it's just a habit. It's just, you just do it. You can think about other things while you're brushing your teeth. It's just normal life. You, you got that figured out. So when you do feel God at the beginning, create highways of holiness, neural pathways in you. Go ahead and start practicing. Read the Word of God. Worship the Lord. Bring finances into the church. Serve the community. Start doing these things that are part of it. So when I don't feel God, I just step back into the highways of holiness that have already been created in me because I know that they're already pointed in the right direction. Well, I, I, don't, I still don't feel him. Sweetheart, we walk by faith, not by feeling. We walk by faith. I have faith that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and came back to life on the third day. I have faith that if I put my faith and trust in him, he will never forsake me and never leave me. It's faith. Well, what if I don't feel like it? Let me blow your mind. The longer I walk with the Lord, the less I feel him. The longer I walk with the Lord, the less I feel him. And I, I look at it this way. You ever seen two old people at a restaurant that don't talk to each other? The whole time they're there? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah, and it's like, the, it's, it's older people. And I told Patty several times, hey, I don't, I don't want to ever be like that. I, don't want, to, I want to be able to talk. And now recently I found myself being that old person. 
you know, sitting at the restaurant not talking, and I read this fascinating article, and it said this. It said, that is not a negative thing. It takes a long time to build a relationship with someone that you're so comfortable with, you can sit in their presence and not feel like you have to say something. And it's the same thing with the Lord. There needs to be a peace of just sitting in his presence. Just sit in his presence. Just sit in his presence. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. So people find strength in God. And then the third one is stand in expectation. Who's going to do it? St those people that are in the valley are standing in expectation. Psalm 8410 says this. For just one day of intimacy with you is like a thousand days of joy rolled into one. I'd rather stand at the threshold in front of the gate beautiful, ready to go in and worship my God than to live my life without you in the most beautiful palace of the wicked. Listen, he says, stand at the door. There is something expectation. There's an expectation when you stand, isn't it? You don't need to do it right now, but when you're in a group like this and the speaker says, everybody stand with me, if you will. Like I say that every, you know, every Sunday. Somebody just woke up and was like, oh, we're done. Okay, um, stand with me, if you will. It's with expectation. You're, you're expecting something's about to happen, right? We're expecting the preacher to be done, to shut up, and we can all leave. We expect it. Okay, whatever that expectation is, come into the house of the Lord expecting expecting. Now, if it's your first time here, you might have not come. You came here not at knowing what to expect, right? Or, or you, came, you came, you went to other churches first, and you're like, okay, I've been to those. This is not what I was expecting at all. I was not expecting a comedy show. I was not expect. I was expecting to be told I'm going to burn in hell for the hundredth time. That's what I was expecting. Okay, but then you come here, and you're like, well, well I, don't, I don't know what to expect. Let me tell you a couple things you can expect here at South Point. You can expect to have your pastor stand in the lobby and talk to you and care about you and be right there because you can have a pastor that will love you, that will respect you, that will value you and understand your story, and your story is different than everybody else's story, and I don't have to understand every single detail of your story, but I know this, your story matters. You are a valuable person that has incredible value to the Lord, and your story is who you are, and it matters. You can also expect to come in here and to be a part of a beautiful spiritual community where everybody here will love you just like you are. However you walk in the door, whatever you look like, whatever you smell like, they will love you just like you are, and, 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 they will love you so much, they will wrap their arms around you, guaranteed, and they will love you so much because they will love you to the point of not letting you stay the same. Because we just want you to be better. Like, there's, there's, there's a better you in you. God created you as a magnificent thing, person, human, and there is goodness in you, and we want to love you so much that it just pulls that out of you. It doesn't matter if you've been coming for one year, one day, or a hundred years. Here's the deal. We all come in here expecting God to do something. God is not dead. God is alive. Come in expecting him to work in your behalf. Come in here expecting him to manifest his presence in your life. Expect it. Stand. I'm in the valley. I'm standing. I'm expecting good things from God. He will never let you down. Never. That's pretty cool. Okay, now all of these things, these are, these are all the they's on that bus with the heathens, hookers, and hoes. These are, these are all those people. It's all of us, worshipers, standing, expecting, all of these things. And, and then he goes into the valleys. And there's, let's, let's be honest, there's more valleys. I'm going to tell just a few of them, but there's so many value, valleys in life. Have you ever, I feel like my life is, uh, this is not a woe is me, but I feel like my life is, I go through a valley, 
And I walk, you know, I deal with that, I get through that, and I get out of that valley, and guess, guess what's next? You would think mountaintop. No, my life is just like a string of, like, from that valley to that valley, anybody else? And I leave one valley, and it's just like, here we be again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've seen this landscape. I feel like I'm in Idaho. You know what I mean? It's no valley. It's just flat, nothing. Just, just I'm one valley after the next. And you start to say, well, Craig, you act like you're on a mountaintop of joy. You're always so happy. I've learned how to thrive in the valley. Learn how to thrive in the valley. There's an abundance in the valley. I'm telling you something. Mountaintop living is an experience. Living is, is in the valley. It's in the valley. So there's lots of different valleys in the Bible. Here's one that you're all familiar with. You can fill in the blank. It's the valley of death. King James Version, Psalm 23. For yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm -hmm. Come on, y'all. Get your preacher voice on. I, when I start doing King James Version, that should just make y'all just churchy. Mm -hmm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thy rod and thy staff, they... You've heard this one before. Yeah. Uh, the, the valley of death, some of you have been through this. The valley of death is any place where you're, you've experienced loss, whether you've lost a loved one or you've lost a marriage, a marriage has died, a business opportunity has died, something has died, something has left your life and you know that it's not coming back. It's death. And that's a valley that we walk through. It is not fun, but it is a valley that we walk through. Um, here's another one, the valley of trouble. Hosea 2.15 says this, I will transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. Now, before it, was before it was transformed into the valley to a gateway of hope, it was a valley of trouble. Now, theologians say that this valley of trouble, it's, it's rebellion. Okay, so let's look at it this way. Some valleys you walk through, Jesus has led you through those valleys. Okay? Some valleys... Maybe even the enemy has kicked you off the curb and put you in the valley. But then there's some valleys, let's be honest, that the only reason you're in that valley, because you're an idiot. <laughs> Maybe we should call it the valley of consequences, right? Because it's really the consequences that send you to the valley. Oh, come on, come on. You know, well, I'm in a valley right now. Yeah, well, don't throw stones at God or the devil. But it was so much fun when I was doing it. Of course it was. Sin is fun. If it's not fun, you're doing it wrong. Sin. Well, there's consequences. There's consequences. And then we also think God will, Jesus will, will take away, when I get saved, Jesus will take away all the consequences. <laughs> no. No. That's a good one. Does he ever do it? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. He ain't ever done it for me. Stupid hurts. Right? But watch this. It says that the valley is transformed into a gateway of hope. When you are in the middle of your consequences and you feel like you are in the deepest valley you've ever been in, this is actually a prophetic picture of who Jesus Christ is. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the gate. When you're in that place of consequences, you find this man named Jesus Christ and he will transform your darkest valley into the only place of hope, and it's in him. You go from hopeless to full of hope in Jesus Christ. Do the consequences stink? Yes. Does he take them all away? Nope. But he'll hold your hand all the way through it. Y'all doing okay this morning? This is way better preaching than you think it is. I'm telling you, this is good stuff. 
Third valley, last one. Our verse talks, Psalm 84, talks about this valley of tears. The Hebrew word is baka, valley of baka. Um, and it's only one place in the entire scripture. There's no other place that this word is used in the entire Bible. And it's translated as tears or weeping. Theologian Warren Wiersbe says this. He says, um, this is any place in life where everything seems hopeless. Anywhere you feel hopeless, it is the pit of despair. Can I just read that again? This valley that we're talking about, this is any place in life where everything seems hopeless. Anywhere you feel hopeless, it is the pit of despair. And he gives us several steps to get out of this valley. And I'm going to go through them super quick, so write this down. Because if you're, some of you are in this valley right now, this hopelessness. Some of you have been there, you just got out. Some of you are headed there, okay? And this is not getting out of the valley. This is how to thrive in the middle of this place. Look at these verses, verses 6 through 7. Even when their paths wind through the dark valley of tears, they dig deep to find a pleasant pool where others find only pain. He gives to them a brook of blessing filled with the rain of an outpouring. They grow stronger and stronger with every step forward, and the God of all gods will appear before them in Zion. Here's the first step to get out, to thrive in this valley, to get out of that mindset. But to thrive in the valley is to dig a well not a grave. Dig a well, not a grave. When you get to this valley, listen, the reason you're in that valley is because you've experienced some type of trauma, whether it be spiritual or emotional. There's a traumatic thing that has happened to you. And when you're in that valley experiencing that traumatic thing, everybody sees the pain and everybody feels the pain the same, you know, like when they're in that moment. They all feel that pain. But let me tell you something. While you're there, just dig a little deeper. There, there's something more. Do a little soul work in your life. Do a little digging and let God speak to you. In other words, I'll make it real simple. Put your phone down, turn your TV off, and sit down and meditate on him just a little bit and say, God, show me what's going on in my life. Speak to me. Let me see what's underneath the pain. What's the cause of the pain? What's the reality of it? Because underneath that pain, listen, is an oasis that he wants you to experience and enjoy. Every single time. He never wastes a pain. Never. Here's the second little step to get out of this thing, to get out of this mindset, is receive the blessing. Now, he says he gives to them a brook of blessing filled from the rain of an outpouring. You might say it sounds a little silly to, to tell somebody to receive the blessing, but here, here's the truth of the matter is, um, we're horrible at receiving blessings. We're horrible at it. Myself included, I'm a horrible at it. There was several years ago, a lady, it was when I lived in Florida, a real tough financial time and everything, and this lady came up to me, and she tried to give me money. She said, the Lord told me to give you this money. And I, I said, oh, no, I can't, I can't. Why did I think that? Because, listen, when you're in the valley, you think you don't have, you don't think you've earned or deserve a blessing. Because you still are thinking that you, you belong there. D does that make sense? So when someone tries to bless you, you're like, oh, no, I couldn't. A little false humility. Oh, no, I couldn't. And I turned this lady down, and she looked at me. She got right, right up in my grill. And she said, let me tell you something. Until you learn to receive a blessing, you will never be a blessing. And then she turned around and walked off with the money. I'm like, I just learned a lesson. Bring me back that money. Give me that money, girl. Was, you taught me something. Thank you. Now give me the money. But she left with the money. I didn't get the money. But we think we, we, we don't earn it or something like that. Let me tell you something. Receive the blessing. I'll give you another perfect example. Something happens in your life and the people around you, your small group or the people here, they say, hey, what can I do for you? 
And we say, oh, nothing, I'm fine. Liar. No, you're not. No, you're not. Share the burden with someone else. Online doesn't count. Share the burden. They say, well, you can pray for you. Can, well, I'll just pray for you. No, I want to do more than just pray for you. I will pray for you. I am praying for you. That's why I'm leaning in and saying, what can I do for you? You lose somebody in life, you go through a traumatic situation, allow the people around you to bless you. Be honest. I'm not doing well. Well, what can I do for you? Honestly, I just need someone to sit with me. Okay. I want to go see a movie. Okay. Let's do it. Whatever it is, let's be that blessing. And then here's the third part. And we don't like this one at all. We want to dig those deep wells, right? We want to receive the blessing. And then the third one is mature. We're in these valleys to mature. They grow stronger and stronger with every step forward. The valley matures you. We don't like it. We don't like it, but the valley will mature you. Listen, this maturity is not a continual candy-coated trip to grandpa and grandma's house. We want the sweet rewards of the mountaintop, but can I tell you something? Maturity comes with the chores of life. Maturity comes with the chores of the valley. Work at it. Get You are nobody's responsibility except for you, you, you. I would love to go back to a society where we started taking responsibility again for our own actions. I can't change all of society, but how about us, you know? Just take responsibility, and let's mature and grow. Instead of always trying to run out of the valley, how about we just stand still and recognize? I'm standing with expectations. I'm going to worship my God right where I am. I'm going to dig as deep into my pain and this sorrow as I can to find out what's really the cause of it so that I will mature and become more like Christ when I step out of this thing. I want to pray for us. And before anybody gets up or anything, I know that people get up, they got volunteer positions and all of that. Um, and that's great. Thank you for doing that. But before anybody gets up, just hang out for a second. I'm going to pray for two things this morning. And I want you to know what I'm doing before we ever even start doing it. I want to pray for you that you are, you are in this, this valley. You're in this valley of despair. You're in this valley of, of tears. And it's just, man, you're struggling. And nobody, somebody might not even know this, but you're actually feeling hopeless. I mean, it's just, it's overwhelming. I want to pray for you especially this morning. I really believe that there's several people here that I wrote this message specifically for you. You are feeling hopeless, and I'm here to tell you that in that place of hopelessness, there's a man standing in the valley. His name is Jesus Christ. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He is holding your hand, guiding you through this thing. And then I'm going to pray for a second group of people, and that's you, that you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You might feel like you've lived in a valley your whole life and you don't have the benefit of a relationship with Jesus. You thought, well, I come to church. Church attendance is not the same as having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, I, 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 I you know, it's this rule or I follow this one. It's not about rules. It's just not. It's about a relationship with this man named Jesus Christ. Well, am I supposed to change? Well, yeah. One day at a time, one step at a time. You ain't going to be perfect tomorrow. None of us are. But I want to pray for you. And I'm not going to call you down front. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand when that time comes. Will you bow your heads with me right now? And let's pray. Heavenly Father, I love you. And I thank you for this moment in time. I thank you that there's people in this room and watching online that you are overwhelmed with life and you are feeling hopeless. 
and you are in this valley, and you just, you man, your prayers feel like they're going nowhere, you're crying, you've got the covers pulled over your head, and you feel hopeless. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus Christ is right there with you. Heavenly Father, I ask that you encourage them, that you strengthen them, that you build them up, that you let them to begin to recognize that it's time to dig. It's time to dig in. It's time to, it's time to work a little bit on ourselves to figure out what's going on with this pain, this sorrow, this suffering, so that we can genuinely go back to the joyride of life. Touch them, Lord. You're here this morning still praying with your eyes closed, your head bowed, and you're that person that you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you're ready to start. You're ready to meet this man, Jesus. It's going to change everything. It's going to change you, your family, everything in a completely astounding way. I'm not going to call you down front, not going to embarrass you, just right where you are. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up. You ready? Come on, raise your hand up. You ready to meet Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Hold it up high. Come on, you're not alone. I'm looking at you. I'm going to count in just a second. Come on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Father, I thank you for these ten people. God, I thank you so much for this powerful decision. This is the greatest thing ever. And so, Lord, right now, I just ask that you do exactly what your word says, that if they would confess with their mouth, Jesus Christ is their Lord, and that they believe in their heart that he really did die on the cross for their sins and come back to life on the third day, that they would be saved. And so, Father, from their belief and their confession, I ask that you move inside their soul space, that you wash them clean, that you set them free. Let them begin experiencing you feeling you and knowing you and creating those highways of holiness in their hearts. We love you, Father. Thank you so much for this moment in time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate it. If you're one of those amazing 10 people that raised your hand, a couple of things real quick. There's a free book down here, both sides, um, called Fresh Start. It's going to give you some great next steps in your spiritual journey. And then the second thing is your next step in your spiritual progression, your spiritual walk, is to be water baptized. So either on the phone app or go out there to the desk, sign up for water baptism, and that is in two weeks. All right, stand with me if you will. Boom, ba bum. Also, if you're a follower of Christ and you want to take communion today, there's communion elements down front on both sides that you are more than welcome to partake of. All right, let's pray the benediction together. Heavenly Father, right now, we just ask that the words of our mouth, the meditations in our heart, Lord, they'll be acceptable in your sight. You're our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Have a great week, y'all. Love you.